from Wisco Die. Welcome to Wisco Die. Hey, yo, folks. It's your host, Tony and Most. I am here with the one, Stark, the Raven, the Mad One himself. How's it going, Brian? Hey, pretty good. It'll be better in a couple, two, three weeks when school is out for a little bit. Looking forward to that. <laughs> that will be pretty cool. Of course, then we have all the holiday silliness, so yeah. who knows how our giving lives will have for free time, but hey, little time, little break is always appreciated and welcome. For sure. So it's been like ages, but we are set to record episode 73. It is November 25th. It's Turkey Day weekend. Did you survive the epic that is Black Friday shopping, Brian? Yeah, I did, going nowhere near any retail <laughs> place. Yeah, I hit the uh, 8 a.m. Pegasus Games for their, oh, yeah, we're open so early, they're still in their pajamas. I mean, it's pretty, I mean, you go in there with like something that resembles pajamas and then you get 25% off. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. What'd you pick up? Uh, so I got a box of the Frostgrave plastics. Uh, so I, if you've been looking at our facebook group you saw a while back i posted a couple of pictures of some painted Frostgrave stuff that are models i was going to use for Frostgrave that are fantasy it's kind of nice to be able to paint something that wasn't non like mil or like military or whatnot at, and, and kind of change up the pace and do some fantasy stuff so that was fun and then so i've been looking at doing Frostgrave. i got a couple of the rule books and so there's a local little uh group that does try to play uh, at Pegasus, so hopefully we can get things motivated and, and I'll get a tr- uh, crew built and painted up for that too because that's what I need is another miniatures game. <laughs> yep. I picked up a couple of other models for the Batman miniatures game, which has been... Batman, Batman, Batman. Batman! <laughs> yes, uh, so I, that's been a, a big... Uh, big. I think that's kind of turned into my number one, at least, hobby game. For sure. You've been cranking those guys out. Like, yep. How many do you even have done? Must be like 20 I'm, dudes or something. I'm at 43 figures out of like 65 I think I own now. Wow, that many? That's yeah. even more than I thought. Well, they're all up there. If you turn your head, they're all oh, up yeah, there on that there. shelf, except for the ones we're going to use for our game today. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool. Yep. So what have you been working on? Uh, I've been working on my Conflict Germans lately. I guess that's the most recent thing. I had some struggles with my Spinny Walker for a while. Like, I don't know, like the base coat paint I use isn't really the best for taking washes. So that hasn't worked out very good. I had a really hard time getting the Walker to look the way I wanted. And But otherwise, my infantry is still turning out really good. I chose to paint my lieutenant in a sniper finally. So I could actually play like a small game that wouldn't really be too stupid of a force, like 500, 750 points or so. So it'd be really cool to try that out sometime. Otherwise, I keep cranking those out. I almost have all the ones I have built for, I've had built for like a year. They're all almost done finally. <laughs> and then I had picked up some of the teams and stuff like an MMG and mortars and all that stuff to go with them too. So at some point I'll have to build those. Just before that, I had finished my armored platoon for my u.s so my u.s force is pretty much like completely done with everything i own i have like a light um artillery howitzer left that's built that i haven't based and painted yet but otherwise i have like a sherman unbuilt and then like the paratroopers that came in the band of brothers set which i don't really intend to use anytime soon so that's pretty cool to have that force pretty much done and my germans are coming up pretty quick on that too so maybe someday i'll be finished with all that i would really like to work on some fantasy stuff again too so who knows if i had all the time in the world maybe (laughs) i'd get to it but played a few games i did go to operation sting so that was pretty cool and otherwise that's about it for my hobby i mean i only get like maybe half hour a day if i'm lucky or something like that i just put in a brush to some models usually gets i usually do like one color on five guys (laughs) in that time so yeah it's it adds up though so yeah i mean that's what it takes to get a hobby and models done i mean everybody everybody's busy right and i feel like i've been super busy but it's taking advantage of that little bit of free time that you have in your schedule Mm -hmm. oh i could go sit and watch tv and just plop on the couch or 
I sit down at the hobby desk and I force myself, even if it's something like, oh, hey, I'm just going to paint the boots on these five models. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to paint the the cloak on this figure and then I'm going to walk away. Mm -hmm. That little bit of getting some paint to models is how you progress because, yeah, you're cranking out some stuff. Yeah, I've gotten quite a bit done, really. I mean, compared to other times. (laughs) Yeah, Well, I mean, Mm. considering the, the majority of your miniatures hobby uh career has been playing with and pushing around unpainted vc and brats yep back <laughs> the majority of my time but once i got into bolt action something happened <laughs> yeah. yeah so i don't know but yeah i would really like to get some of that fantasy stuff painted since i have tons of it maybe show it put it on the table for some age of sigmar i was also curious about starting maybe an old warhammer game someday or even whatever Ninth Age or something like that. We only played the one time. So yeah, well, that's ninth, pretty similar. Ninth Age, as I understand it, has went under like a major undertaking and revamp of the game oh, really? with a, a second edition, and they've eliminated a lot of the things that made it tie to. This is my understanding. I haven't really looked at the Ninth Age stuff that makes mm-hmm. it, but that has changed it from the game that it was, which was basically eighth 8. edition, 5. yeah, eight point <laughs> five. Um, because of some legal, apparently, from the GW side has oh, put they some did. pressure on, yeah. hey, you guys can't use weapon skill and ballistic skill and these kind of things because it's our game, and even though it's dead and we chose to end it, we don't want that anymore. That's not surprising, I guess. I was surprised. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's kind of sad. That they didn't sad, hear anything but already. But. For my purposes, I'm just fine playing a little 8th Ed. And mm-hmm. I know there was a, another gentleman that posted on the so uh, the uh, there's a Wisconsin Warmer Fantasy Battles League Facebook group and he was posting here that he, in Madison that he was looking for some, uh, some actually I think he was looking for 6th or 7th Ed games. Yeah, it seems like I don't know, one of the Facebook groups I'm on too they have definitely been playing 8th Ed every now and again and yeah, I remember that guy talking about whatever fifth or fourth or sixth or something like that (laughs) i think it was six that he was looking for something like that actually i even picked up like the what i think it was the fifth edition starter on ebay just this past week for no good reason that was the one with brett's and um, lizardmen yep and that was like the first one i started with my friends that got me into warhammer so and (laughs) i mean it was their set and i played it with them and then i started collecting like the undead slash vc at that time so i kind of bought it for nostalgia reasons so we all see how that works out like they had it in like uh the whatever where the store like can sell stuff for you at um the last square a long time ago and i kind of regretted not buying it then so i've been kind of looking for one and for whatever reason i felt like throwing the money at it this past week or whatever so i'm kind of excited for that to show up it's open but everything is there and still on the sprue and everything so it'll be pretty cool to be... see that some hard nostalgia for me there <laughs> so quality goblin green bases and those yep. bretonian lances which were whatever that triangle format yeah triangle yeah. formation they had in fifth and and uh <laughs> four man wide ranks where hey we had 16 dudes in a unit that's like that's a big unit of yeah. infantry especially if they're on those 25s like those saurus were mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so i even some have, have some of that like plain old green flock <laughs> if i ever got to like doing them oh i think i'd totally, maybe do them up in like the old style and everything totally nostalgic it'd be there. fun but yeah i'm even excited just to look at the whatever all the pieces and everything i don't know if i'll build them anytime soon or anything but we'll see that's just i don't know it's kind of something i always wanted to have again so i think i talked to like i don't really talk to that group too much anymore but i still like know him occasionally and like i think the one dude pretty much said i could have all their old stuff if i wanted but i never pestered him about it. he said it was just you know sitting in their parents basement or something like that still <laughs> so but it'll yeah. be really cool gotta wonder how many miniatures and in, in games workshop product over the year uh over the years has just collected dust and is sitting <laughs> in a box in somebody's basement or in storage somewhere yeah or how many storage lockers that don't get the rent paid for them get opened up and they're like, what is this? What am I supposed to do with this stuff? And and it just goes, I mean, it, it's kind of insane. I've been going through all of the stuff that I collected over the years and uh-huh. still here and in in, in, in I have still have. And it's yeah, just, I was going to say I could tell you how much stuff is sitting in my hobby room <laughs> from r- fantasy. Ridiculous amount of uh, miniatures and figures. But it's... 
I'm shuffling. I just finally yeah. got rid of all the lizardmen. They they went bye bye. Are you gonna open your eBay store again? For a while there, I, like you had a store going. <laughs> like I don't know, you were selling so much stuff. Eh, wasn't quite a store, but yeah, no. it was. I probably had three to four auctions going every week. Yeah, I just remember when you had like your whole dining room table and like half the kitchen counter <laughs> full of like, oh yeah, that's all sold. <laughs> yeah, something no. like that. I think that's gonna happen to the basement table here very shortly. So. Yeah, uh, that's gonna kind of turn into the hobby and or the hobby get rid of room. So I still have. Uh, so yeah, I guess I'll just throw it out there. If anybody's looking for old dark elves, <laughs> orcs and goblins, uh, what else yeah. do I have that's still down there? The Bretts. You said you got rid of the dark, or what did you just say you got rid of? I just the... got rid of the lizardmen. The last of the lizardmen went bye bye. Nice. They're probably uh, the most relevant army in Sigmar lately. Yeah, I got a really good. Ones. I got a really good price tag for that lot of uh, <laughs> the the old fifth ed box set Saurus, and I think there was oh, really? a Stegadon and a Bastilladon. Some of the old fifth ed box set, yeah. all those old fifth ed box set stinks, uh, skinks, and uh, <laughs> uh, I think there's some old fifth ed Croxigors in there. And I did have a, a little bit the the I I don't know what the salon looks like, but currently if they've remade, remade that model but it was the old metal model that came out in like fifth or, or i should say sixth or yeah, whatever remember if they've done um, anything recently for this one but yeah there's just a ton of ton of models that went out with that did that you list. keep those ones you modeled up or did you just get rid of everything like no. i think you had like a unit of skinks or something that you no, really like got finished. rid of them all got rid of them all got rid of them all the only thing i have left is one skink priest that was painted up that's in oh, the, okay What's in like the glass the, curio? The skull on it. Yeah, that one. How are you going about deciding what you're getting rid of? Like just something that you know you're not going to use, and you haven't finished the project in how many years or something? Yeah, it's pretty much that's a that's a big key on the evaluation of it. If I'm not if I don't foresee myself ever putting it on the table at all, I'm getting rid of it. It's basically what I'm I'm looking sure. at right now from a, the old fantasy figures. So yeah. There's a lot of old legacy stuff. I got like Empire stuff sitting down there. Mm-hmm. I've got, like I said, I got. You had like dark... every army at one time. <laughs> uh, except for Orgers and Chaos Dwarves. I think that was correct. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a shuffle of of going through what's actually there and trying to piece it together and then take pictures of it and then you list mm-hmm. eBay auctions. So it's time consuming yeah, it's and a lot painful. Of trouble. And, and you got to pack it up and ship it. And yeah. yeah, the packing it up and shipping it. And at this point, it's not like shipping and packing up all of the brand new boxes of stuff. Yeah, that's easy. Was pretty easy. The packing up and shipping uh, models, mm-hmm. that takes a lot of bubble wrap, a lot of plastic baggies, yeah, bottles break and shipping. It's, it's, it is a lot more effort and time consuming to go through and, and do that. So, um, and for the piddly bits of money that you get sometimes mm-hmm. for those models, I, I think I've done pretty well on the yeah. painted on, on selling the painted used models. But uh, it, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. If, it, if it continues to sell fairly strong, and I can I can get a decent price tag for the remaining mm-hmm. stuff, it'll it'll go eventually. Yeah, in an auction, you never really know what you're gonna get, but. But I mean, I'm still hanging on to the like the dwarves that I rebit redid like first, ah. first Warhammer Fantasy army ever. Yeah, I was just gonna ask you which one. I know you got your Tomb Kings. The Tomb it seems Kings like are, you're are holding st- on to too. Yeah, well, they they managed to end up in the curio the glass curio cabinet, so now they're that's the sanctuary for the, Warhammer models when they make it into the <laughs> whatever models end up in the curio that they're they are now safe. <laughs> so. Uh, so that is, so how was Operation Sting? Uh, I've tried to go to that event, uh, two, well, the first two years that I knew about it. And Cause then, you have never gone, have you? Nope. I have never actually Which went. Is... I've had tickets twice, but. Oh, really? I didn't even know you got that far. <laughs> All yep, right. Nope, I bought the tickets and then it ends up falling every year the same weekend as Game Hole Con. Yeah, it did this year again yep. too. So yeah, I think that stopped you though. I remember you talking about that the one year. It was a really good time, though. That was the very first time I went, the very first tournament I've gone to that you weren't at. So that was a different experience. Uh, Robert actually is the one who kind of pestered me about it. Like, it's during the school year, and it's one of those that fill up really quick on the sign up. So you you have to like kind of just commit to it right away. And I just really wasn't sure about it. But then Robert, I like I don't think he knew anybody like local who was going. So I think that's kind of why he tried to pester me into it. And I wasn't really against playing. I just wasn't sure how I was going to work out with school. And apparently, like, they were cycling through the wait list at that time pretty good. It was about, I think it was only, like, a month out or something like that when I actually, like, committed to doing it. But 
I think it was only like a week and I came off the wait list really quick. So it was a really good time. It, like the only other big tournament I really played in was like the nationals at Adepticon last year. And it kind of had a different feel than that. Like I thought nationals was a little bit more like gamier or something like that, a little more hard into like the wins, the losses and stuff like that. But operation sting, it seemed like everybody was just there to kind of have a good time. It also like, they stressed like the theme of it a little bit. Like this was 1943. So that was a little different from my U S since they're more of a late, at least late U S war period is what they're made for. But just following a, uh, whatever, a theater selector, it was pretty easy to make my force. And I ended up my, the list I came up with, I really liked a lot. So I'm kind of interested to keep playing it a little bit. So it's not too dissimilar from some of the lists I've been playing, but like I made the whole force regular, just kind of relevant to the Operation Avalanche is the time period I was in, and then I was worried about Tiger Fear since this was an Axis versus Ally event, so I figured I was sure to play a lot of Germans, so I threw in a Captain, and I think I only played Germans twice the whole weekend, but it was still really cool having the Captain on the table. It worked really good with my Force, especially when they were all regular, and the 12-inch bubble is like really huge, so it was a really cool list I had, and then, so it was five games, Saturday, Sunday. All my games were fun. I ended up going, I think it was just one loss, two, well, one win, two losses, and two draws is what I ended up doing. So I would have been, I was hoping to at least do like two wins, two losses, and a draw or something, but it's okay. Like all my games are really fun, and I feel like all my losses like weren't really my fault. It's just kind of how the dice went, and like I felt like I played really good, so that was really cool to feel like that for a change. Usually I feel like I, I messed something up, and all my opponents were really great, and it was just a really good time. I got quite a bit of uh, swag just showing up for the event. They had a whole bunch of like little things you got. Like I got a sprue of Japanese, some counters. I can never remember the name of the company that makes them. They're just like these resin things for bolt action that say like killed NCO and stuff like that to mark some different stuff. And got like a partisan mini they were giving away. And also, they I guess they do a swag thing every year. So this year they had... Uh, tape measure with the logo on it so that was a pretty cool thing and then they had tons of prize support they actually had enough prizes figured out so every winner got one and then there was just a raffle for all the rest and everybody else got to go home with like a bigger prize i ended up getting a half track model so that was really cool a german half track model and i was like one of the last to go and i still managed to get like one of my like my third or fifth choice out of everything that was on the table there so it was really cool all my opponents were great and I don't know. Do you want me to go into more about my games or anything? I don't know. Um, so, so Operation Stings. Uh, what? It's in November in. Yeah, I guess I didn't really say it's in the Chicago area. Like, like it was Schaumburg, at this, right? Uh, pretty close to there. I think it's Northbrook was the actual. Oh yeah. Exact place. It was at the same hotel it was last year. Maybe it was somewhere else the year before, but. I think it's been at the same hotel that the old Blood in the Sun Warhammer Fantasy event was that Grant Fetter ran. Yeah, that sounds right. Like, the room was, like, kind of the perfect size for the number of people. I think it was 20 tables. Or maybe, yeah, it must have been 20 tables. But, yeah, it wasn't really cramped or anything, and there was even, like, a bunch of extra tables still open. It got kind of loud occasionally, but still, it was a really good space for it. That I think that yeah. event keeps growing, too, because I think if I remember right when I first got tickets... Two years ago, he was only at like 20 or 30 players he was capping the event at. Oh, yeah. So if he's up to 40, he's definitely growing the event. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of interest in it. It's a very popular yeah, it uh, is. for the Midwest area for uh, a bolt action event that's not Adepticon. Obviously, we have Adepticon in our back door. Mm-hmm. Adepticon tickets did go on sale just recently. Yep. So we're, at least I am, all registered and signed up for Adepticon. I don't know if you have pulled um, the trigger on that one yet. Yeah, I registered like for Adepticon, and then I signed up for the Nationals, which is the Bolt Action Nationals. That's changed to like a one day on Saturday now. So Yeah, that's a that, major change. Yeah, it's quite a bit different. So I haven't really seen like what the rules are really going to be. I think he changed it down to like a thousand points i think they were saying like the first round is going to be like a 500 point game and i don't remember if it's four rounds only then. i think it's four rounds is what but i it's understood all one day it's all one day which is nice it actually i wasn't going to do nationals yeah. this year and then i saw hey they're doing they, they knocked it down to one day so first thing that made me think was 
well, did are they keep? Is it just going to be three rounds? But then I looked mm-hmm. at the. It's like starting. It starts fairly early and it goes to like eight or nine o'clock at night. Yeah, which I think is, it was like makes it just a massively long day. Nine to nine or nine thirty to nine. Yeah, or something like that. So then it was like, well, he must be working in four rounds. And there's mm-hmm. four rounds, full size games, and then doing a little talking. It's yeah, it's basically escalation style. I think they're going up by. I don't know. I think they're going up by two hundred fifty points a round. Oh really? I guess. I um, but then that. they're tapping it out at a thousand. I think so. Your final round or two will be a thousand point games or something like that. Is what I thought it was. More details will obviously come out in the pack. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I for me, I really like the fact that they changed the event to make it one day because I've so many other miniatures games that mm-hmm. I wanted to do this year, and it just. Everything fell really nicely so that Batman falls on Friday. I get bolt action on Saturday, and then I can still get a Malifaux tournament on Sunday. So I can hit like all three of my favorite uh, miniatures games that I'm playing a lot right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, that. I think that was their main like reason for changing it, was just to try and open up some other games for people. Because, yeah, if you block out the whole weekend for that tournament, it's. I don't know. That's all you do, really. Yeah. I, I will say it does not feel like a Nationals event this year. Yeah, I agree with you saying that, Like, it, Like, it's not a... it, it Because of the change of format, this... And, 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 and it, it just makes it feel a little less grandiose yeah. than the two-day, five-round, this is... We're going to play like bolt action, basically, as bolt action with the same points, same list, mm-hmm. you know, that traditional kind of feel. But it'll be really interesting to see how it goes down and mm-hmm. what the registration looks like and the players players and the player count looks like. So uh, apparently the team tournament for Friday for Bolt Action that sold out. up really quick, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I was, I don't know, I wouldn't have mind if we went at it again, but I don't know how the, like the weekend doesn't fall right with my spring break. Last year it was like on my spring break, so I didn't have class or anything to worry about on that Thursday or Friday, so. That made it a little easier to commit to it, but this week it doesn't line up. It's the weekend at the like the weekend at the beginning of my spring break, so I still have class scheduled on Thursday and Friday. And I don't know, like I'm sure I could have talked Robert into the team tournament or something else like that, but I don't know, I just didn't really figure it out. So yeah. I think I missed the opportunity on that one and then I think on like Thursday night I could have done like conflict or maybe the combat patrol thing or whatever for bolt action again but i wasn't too worried about it like it sounds kind of nice just to show up for the one day i kind of hope i have some time to walk around the like the whatever the shopping area of it it, during the tournament or whatever otherwise we'll see maybe i have to try and get some other time in there on the weekend and it does end pretty late so i don't know yeah it's maybe i'd stay with you guys or something for saturday night yeah, something. that that was I was looking at the the because the runtime of that event's so long, it's going to be that day is going to be pretty brutal. Yeah, uh, but fortunately, I think for myself, I built in shopping time for myself and my schedule for Thursday. Yeah, you always so have that blocked. I do Thursday. have um, exciting news is I did sign up and register on Thursday instead of doing a hobby seminar. There, somebody is doing a YouTube video editing. Yeah, I saw that class. Cool for you know doing things like battle online battle reports mm-hmm. and and doing things or like hobby videos you know, and... hobby videos and stuff like that and i know that's something i've always wanted to do more with and every once in a while i'll get an itch and start recording some video and yep. trying to edit it and then i get stuck in this editing phase and and it just makes my head hurt and so <laughs> getting an extra perspective by people that actually do it you mm-hmm. know just kind of hands-on Q&A question, I think is going to help me a lot with that side of uh, the content that we've been doing and putting out here with Wisco Dice. So I'm I'm kind of excited for that, and we'll see where that goes. I'm not 100% sure if it'll be great or brilliant, but I'm... I'm sure you'll get something out of it. Yeah, that's that's what I'm looking for. So I get a little bit of something out of it. Uh, I've got a lot of gear here. If it means, you know, if if, if they help me key up on, oh, hey... You know, it'll be a lot easier to do things with this maker of a video mm-hmm. camera or, you know, you do this with lighting or, you know, this editing, these editing software applications make it easier to edit the video. I, I'm, I'm for that. And I, I need that. You need some of that help to kind of go to that next level with, mm-hmm. with the uh, battle reports and then 
and hobby stuff that I'd like to do. Yeah, it seems like that's another pretty big area, making hobby videos and stuff like that. There's tons of YouTube channels already, it seems. There is. like anything and everything you would want to find. I mean, I put up, uh, I remember putting up, and it's been probably up there three, whatever I started doing the Soviet Army. So I did a YouTube video of how to paint a Soviet soldier, Mm -hmm. and that thing is... It's hit, uh, I think there's been 600 plus views. It's like my most popular video I did. Now, I know 600 and some views is not that big a deal in the grand grand scheme scheme of YouTube. But but for (laughs) me, who has done basically nothing to market my channel, Mm -hmm. I'm really not doing content that I'm trying to go over the top with that side of it. Yeah. That was pretty exciting to see. Like, hey, there were a lot of people out there that found interest with that content. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'd done some other hobby content, and it didn't do so well. So, yeah, I don't. I I'm still working on. You know, I I need to. I need to be able to get hobby content and get gaming content done faster and more consistently. And I'd like to do something more like a a more YouTube content and and videos and explanations and tutorials and uh, just getting that material out there because I I don't know I. I don't know what you do, Brian, but I know when I'm hobbying, I'm oftentimes there's a YouTube video in the background playing, or some kind of, some kind of podcast or other video content or something that's going on in the background, and I'm not really paying attention to it. Yeah. In the hey, I'm watching it, but I'm doing a lot of you know as I'm hobbying, but I'm doing it's there and it's playing, and I want it's kind of my way to give back to that same community of of material and contents what I want to do. Sure. Okay, so what else is going on? So let's uh, maybe talk a little bit about uh, uh, new nerd stuff in the media and and whatnot. So I guess uh, for Big Side, have you caught any uh, good quality nerd movies lately? Um, I just saw Thor Ragnarok on Thanksgiving. What did you think of that? I saw, I've seen that one as well, so okay. we can comment <laughs> on that good. one pretty easily. So, spoiler alert, if you're listening at this point and haven't seen it, um, I enjoyed it. Like, I was kind of surprised the most by how much like kind of comedy bits they threw into it. So that was kind of unusual, I thought. But overall, I liked the movie quite a bit. Like, I wouldn't say it's like the best story I've ever heard or anything like that, but it's definitely a fun and good movie, good superhero movie to watch. I enjoyed it quite a bit. So Yeah, that was exactly it. I think Ragnarok, that content, and there were some, there were some content, I think in that film that if you, the way you, way you, if you really thought about it and they did it without having the humor in it, it mm-hmm. made, it would have made the film a very dark and almost depressing film. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, you're, I mean, there's, we all know, I mean, from Norse mythology, that Ragnarok <laughs> yeah. is the destruction of basically the Norse path, the Norse pantheon. It's the destruction of, you know, all of the Nordic plains, all Everything. of this kind of, you know, just bad destruction, awful end of world type kind of stuff, right? So that's a really dark theme, and then mm-hmm. to be able to approach the film, put a lighter spin on it, uh. Obviously, if you've seen the trailers, you know the Hulk's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Planet Hulk and and that part part of it was was a, a neat take on introducing some of that story arc without giving the Hulk a new movie. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of really good material, a lot of good laughs. It was able to keep <laughs> you. Uh, I, it was it's probably the best. In my opinion, it's probably the best Thor film. Easy, easily. Yeah. Uh, and I am hoping to see more. Uh, content like that from the the Marvel universe. That's I would put it more in line with from an entertainment value. It was more like watching a Guardians of the Galaxy film than yeah, it was definitely. watching watching say a Captain America or a Iron Man film. Yeah, it had that kind of level. That's really what I compared it to with like the comedy bits they threw it in. Like I feel like Guardians was always really good for throwing that in. It seemed like it seems slightly unusual in a Thor movie for the first time, but it. I mean, it definitely makes for a more, whatever, like, broad-appealing movie, I think, also. Yeah, it did. Justice League, have not seen it yet. I actually saw it, in a way, last night, but (laughs) I haven't really seen it. Like, my one buddy um, I work with, like, it was his birthday, so I went over and hung out at his place for a little bit, and he has, I think it's called a Roku or something like that. I don't really understand how it works. It's something like Apple TV, kind of, but, like... 
through like the Spanish channel on there because he's from Mexico. Like they're totally bootlegged movie. <laughs> it's like <laughs> so I saw it in Spanish, filmed like in a theater, you know, like a video of the theater screen or whatever. So it had terrible sound, and it was all in Spanish without subtitles or anything. So I had no clue <laughs> about half what was going on, but I saw parts of it from that. I'm interested to see it still. Uh, some of my friends have seen it. They said they liked it. So yeah, like I'm... it's comparing it to Batman versus Superman, which I like didn't like at all. Um, I guess it's actually supposed to be pretty decent. I guess I didn't ask how it compares to Wonder Woman. I enjoyed Wonder Woman quite a bit. But... Wonder Woman was solid. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess, I don't know. I was a little, I thought the, like the final battle was a little like whatever, but that's kind of what happens when you have two like, whatever super superheroes or villains that are like pretty much indestructible fighting each other <laughs> that that kind of is kind of how it goes but that kind of is the problem with most of the dc universe is mm-hmm. that everything is and, and i think that's also a problem with some of the marvel universe when you get to the over the top cosmic yeah. stuff is it just it gets to the point that the power levels are so over the top grandiose mm-hmm. that it's really hard to have constant meaningful stories without going how is anybody still around i mean (laughs) you look at the marvel cinematic universe even like why would anybody live in in new york at this point it's been like devastated (laughs) multiple times right why would anybody live in i mean in gotham from the dc universe why are Mm -hmm. people still living there Uh, at least on the uh, cw arrow show um, i remember they're making a reference as you know in, in previous seasons they make a, re- a reference where there's barely anybody left living in uh, living in the city. That, mm-hmm. that yeah, it was just, part of the arrow story. It's just people for a while. that are too stubborn that don't want to move <laughs> along, move out, or or can't afford to move away at this point because the the job there's you know jobs are hard to get. Uh, Half the stuff's destroyed. Yeah, the city keeps getting destroyed <laughs> and wrecked. Like, how do you keep doing this over and over and over and not have people go? Yeah. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. My, like, some realism to it. So like, there's that. And then, and so in the DC universe is so based on so many, there's like, there's a lot of really good stuff in the DC universe, mm-hmm. uh, which the Batman miniatures game showcases really well. I think cause that's, it's focused at that level of like quasi realistic power levels that you can believe. Like, yeah. When somebody's got a gun, it's really threatening, right? I think Batman's always been, kind of good for that but then you go then they somehow try to make batman on par with like and fit him into a justice league and it's like wait a minute um (laughs) you get superman and (laughs) and wonder woman and and they did have to like if you look at even wonder woman she's been bumped up from a power scale quite a bit from where she originally i think was with just her you know invisible jet and yeah, magical her, gauntlets and really original and her golden lasso right i mean that mm-hmm. was lasso of truth like oh hey i whip you and get the <laughs> you and the rest lasso and now you're gonna tell me the truth now she basically can fly and mm-hmm. and can't get hurt by godlike creatures and is effectively on par with with you know godlike power beings right i mean yeah. it's uh there's definitely a, a scope and a power creep just to kind of keep up because they have a character like Superman that they're mm-hmm. trying to keep up. And why would, you know, with the amount of violence and bad things that Superman fights in Metropolis, why would I live there? <laughs> yeah, Superman's always been a really hard one, too. Like, I don't know, that's the most evident of, like, the godlike power thing. Like, who who's he going to fight, you know? Kind of. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's... it just keeps getting to be more and more over the top. And then the only other direction you can go with that story arc is... Well, we'll make it a drama story and, yeah. and add more drama elements because that way you don't have to have like massive violence, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Big... So, yeah, I'm. Well, anyway, never mind. It's okay. No, I don't have anything. Um. Otherwise, I don't really pay. I haven't really caught a lot of recent films. Um. On the other big hobby nerd news, at least from my point of view. Uh, for my big three games I've been playing lately, uh, Batman Second Edition has come out. They have uh, made the game more streamlined now. Oh yeah, and uh, they have so all the cool stuff that with the counters, setting up the counters before on the cards before the game happens is still happens. But then they move the game to, from centimeters to inches. Mm-hmm. 
So it's easier for us Yanks to get a <laughs> get a tape measure that we can read and understand the distances. Uh, and they have um, all the rules are um, like they were before, but they're actually really readable rule books now that are available online for free. Mm-hmm. Um, they broke the rules into the base rules and then a rules compendium for all the like the special the abilities, special and abilities and tra- weapon traits and all that kind of stuff. Uh, which makes makes it really nice from like say your tablet or whatever to be able to search the the book to find like hey what does what is psycho or dist- or distract or whatever um, whatever that uh, special power is what does that do right uh, because that is a problem yeah we had a ton of looking stuff up in that first little game we played I know like yeah you know I mean you'd look it up and then you'd forget you have to look it up again and all that kind of stuff so it was a constant referencing I'm sure once you play the same crew or just more games you'll be more familiar but it, it would have been nice because they've in second edition with the new stuff they're coming out with they're they're releasing the character cards on what will fit in your normal traditional like say magic the gathering card sleeve oh really that's quite a bit smaller so than it's the... a lot smaller um, but they didn't follow suit with like what War Machine and Malifaux does, which is Put print the rules, the rules right, on right on the card. That would make sense. It, it for, There's a reasoning that they are not doing it, which makes sense, because it gives them so the flexibility if they need to change the word wording on a rule. And I think they're still in a process right now with the second edition rules compendium because they're adjusting and accounting for all of the backlog, backlog of of hundreds of models they produce for this game. <laughs> they have the the rules compendium that has all of the traits and stuff like that. Still has traits that are basically the same traits as what's on another character, but it's called a different thing oh, really? on these old legacy cards. So they're kind of compiled it all into that rules compendium. I see. And I think there's some effort um, as they continue to move forward with new product to kind of streamline into consistent calling the rules consistently between the different uh, uh Yeah, that would characters. help a lot. Some standardization, kind of. They also released uh, recently, so we now have uh, the Enchantress, John Constantine, mm-hmm. uh, a number of other magic-using characters with a new magic system that's... I I don't know. It's, <laughs> I think it might be a little over the top and break the game a bit. Oh, but yeah. it's uh, How does that work out? So you, instead of spending action counters or the counters to do stuff... Your your spellcasters get a certain amount of spell points, and then they have a number of spell groups or philosophies or whatever you want to call it, uh, lores if you want to use warmer fantasy terms to it of of spells that they can choose to cast. And it might be okay. I've Constantine's got four spell points he can use every turn when he activates, and so he can spend maybe he wants to spend two of those spell points to cast spell X, and he'll spend. And there is a risk on casting spells. So you might have to, uh, you might, when you cast a spell, you might, uh, uh, you have to take a willpower check with a, with a, a 2d6 and add, I think it's your willpower to it. And there's a risk if you fail the roll. If you were- but most of the time it's like, oh, hey, the character's like willpower eight and he's checking on like a, a 12. So you need a mm. four or something like that. So it's, it's okay, there's not a lot of risk, but if you do fail, oh, the character might take a stun, or hmm. the character might have minus one defense now. So it's not major penalties for failing this. It's not horrifically pe- bad to fail the spells, and there's some things that like Constantine in particular can do. Uh, the models, these though, for their, these new wizards are really pretty epic awesome. And then the other thing with 2nd Edition that's come out, a lot of people have shied away from... Uh, Batman miniatures game is because the range was all metal before, right? All of the new stuff, for the most part, is coming out now in resin, mm-hmm. which is super cool. So if we look at like the new, I I have the new Batman and Joker crew boxes. Um, these are from the Arkham Asylum video game. So the Batman come Batman is the Arkham Asylum Batman, um, which was probably I think the coolest from a visual look of the Arkham Batman's. I thought of the of that video game series. And it's the only one that they haven't done from the video game series at this yeah. point. And then it came with three, and it comes with three uh, guards. The gonna... Arkham, you know, Arkham Asylum guards, uh, to, uh, named epically good guard one, guard two, guard three, right? <laughs> um, and they've got like face masks. And I, I was painting up when I was looking for references to the video game to paint the first guard. 
I literally found a picture of the guard that they modeled it. They modeled it off. (laughs) That's cool. That I was painting it off of. Like this verbatim, exactly the same pose, the exact same (laughs) model. Everything was the same, which was really cool, right? Yeah. And so then I've in the Batman picture is like the the Batman pose is the exact same picture that bat the that was basically on the cover art for Mm -hmm. the video game uh, when it first came out. So it's. That was cool. The Joker stuff. Uh, I'm not sure. Didn't seem like I'll... you liked the clowns too much. I, they were the clowns. It was fun painting everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know if those three clowns will be compared to the old Joker clowns that from the Arkham City basically yeah. inspired stuff. And even that, I th- there's an argument for that Joker that you could make over the old Arkham City Joker from a gameplay perspective. The models are pretty close to the same figure. I do like the new resin sculpts much better for the Joker crew. The detail is, I think, better. The the ease to put them on, you know, to assemble them and get them on the bases and stuff is easier and faster. Um, the quality is right there. It is it, The material is a bit soft. Mm-hmm. Um, reminds me a bit of fine cast, but I didn't so far have the problems with paint adherence that I had with fine cast. Are they nice? Like no bubbles or warps and all that nonsense like fine cast was? No bubbles, no warps. I do recommend that you wash the models, uh, with a, like a soap and water before you would prime them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had, did have some issues with, uh, that, model release agent yeah kind of mixing with paint because i didn't wash them and i i know better i should have washed them (laughs) i didn't i was super excited when they showed up to get them get them going get them primed and get them get them built and primed and and done so yeah that was a mistake but it's uh overall it just meant i had to do a little more effort in the painting phase of things to get it painted and get it done so they look they look really nice and it's definitely uh the cost of those is com- is significantly less. You're looking at a four pack starter that would be close to fifty dollars in metal, uh US. It's now down to somewhere around the thirty five dollar range. Yeah, it's much um, more reasonable. I think like the 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 so the new starters that they've got out that they came out with at second edition release was a Batman starter, a Joker starter, a uh uh Gotham City Sirens starter, which they've they basically eliminated the Poison Ivy crew and created a Gotham City Sirens mm-hmm. uh, crew like instead. Ivy, Catwoman, and... And uh, Harlequin. Harlequin, that's the other one. And then you get two plants. So it's actually a five-model starter. That one's closer to 45 or 50 bucks, I think, hmm. U.S. And then they came out with a Bane crew to start with. Yeah, I saw that one. The too. Bane crew is... Pr- that Bane is, like, super awesome looking. And I don't think... <laughs> I don't think I'd wanted to try to build that Bane if he was in metal. Like, yeah. in plastic or in <laughs> resin, totally much easier and a much more realistic prospect to try to put him together and get him on the table. Uh, they've now released or are releasing with a second wave on top of the Spellcasters. We're seeing they've got a new Riddler crew that's coming out, which is, I think, a five-model crew. They've got a new... Um, they've got a new... What's it? Joker? They've got a new... Uh, Two Face yeah, crew. I was say Two Face. And I feel like there's another crew that I'm missing in there, but there's there's a lot of stuff that they're basically going and and re-releasing, either old sculpts in resin now, um, or they're releasing new sculpts. Like I think the Red Hood, yeah, that that is verbatim their current the metal sculpt now in resin. Um, they just released or were including is some kind of special, the Batfleck, uh, Ben Affleck Batman, yeah. uh, which was originally released as a promo for the Suicide Squad two-player starter box. They have uh, recast him in resin, exact same pose, exact same model, just in the resin material that they're using, and made him available through some special effect event stuff. Hmm. So just tons of resin makes it a lot easier to get into this game, to play this game, and... Uh, I think it's uh, it, it's a really cool game. It must be doing pretty well then. So, they, they're I, turning out all this new well, stuff to keep I, up. I think uh, I think one. I think when they they came into second edition, they wanted to push it a little more. They wanted to make it a bigger game and yeah. uh, have more people playing it. And I think the community is starting to respond. I mean, after all, it's cool Batman and and 
the other, you know, DC universe type uh, characters and figures. Um, so there's a huge range that's already established that's out there, which makes it nice. And then the, these new plastic or these new resin models and kits make it a lot easier for uh, folks to collect them and, and get things going. So has anything new happened with like just the DC universe game? Cause that's kind of like a parallel ish game from the same company, isn't it? Yeah. So the, well, the DC universe game is exactly the same game that the old Marvel universe game was. It's mm-hmm. the exact same game engine. It's uh, a little, a little less complex, I would say, than the Batman oh, game. Hmm. Um, but um, there's less counters, less setup before you start playing the game from a turn perspective. Um, you're more interactive with terrain components. Hmm. So characters can pick up terrain and throw things like cars. Like you're going <laughs> to just kind of envision Superman. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, I the, the, you don't end up with um, where Batman has like street level like cops and, and thugs and escape prisoners yeah. and those kind of things. That kind of thing is out, and you're just playing... It's just all the big super... You're just playing the big-name superheroes in the DC Universe game. So, And there's a lot of crossover with cards now that are coming out that are a mixed card so that you can play them in either game, mm-hmm. whether you want to play them in the DC Universe game or the or the Batman Miniatures game, which is kind of nice. You can That's like, oh, cool. hey, I... I bought these like models, and now I can play them in both games. Mm-hmm. So more value, more value there. So I would recommend. I mean, I would totally recommend that you look into Batman. I did put in a post up on the a blog about what it really takes because there are a lot of hidden little things. It's not just like other miniatures games. Yes, all the rules are free. Yes, all of the uh, you may only have to need to buy models, but then once you get uh, the models and you get through a quick play game, because they do have quick play rules as well, or basically mm-hmm. uh, lower lower learning curves, basic rules that are available for free as well on the on their website to help you kind of get started once you buy that box um, to and get it on the table built. You can play, and the new starter boxes do come in pre-colored plastic, so they're pre-colored resin. So oh, like I didn't the, realize that. The Batman crew came in blue, the Joker crew came in purple, so it's really easy to go... Paint. Well, it, I assume you would eventually. It, it's, yeah, I think they're still in, they still want you to paint the models, but it's really easy to go from, hey, I, bought, I just bought this $40 kit, I put it on the table, my buddy bought a Joker kit, he put it on the table. We can easily tell our, our part... Our, our pieces apart from the other players players pieces Mm -hmm. and with the quick play rules it makes it you know fairly streamlined for you to be able to go okay i need to know these like two special rules for this guy these two special rules for this guy like oh i have to remember back claw and i have to remember uh i have to remember back claw and i have to remember uh i think it's the bat cloak or something like that is the quick play rules for the batman Mm -hmm. uh the rest of it's just basically all all of his other special rules like detective and such are are removed for basically in that in that quick quick play variant so that you can just move the move the character around feel like feel like he is you know those key components (laughs) and make you feel like he's batman and then um be able to get the idea of placing counters on your card and doing those kind of things and then add in the more complexity later Mm mm-hmm yeah, that's a good way to intro a game. Yep, and so there's there's more like they they just they're with the Black Friday sale they had they came out with two different two player starter sets basically with hmm. a couple of pieces of terrain and some card uh, you know the cardboard tokens basically repurposing uh, repurposing the stuff the the terrain that came with the Suicide Squad box the the chits that came with the Suicide Squad box. Um, I've heard that those are going to be unfortunately exclusive only, so you have to get them from Night Models Direct. You won't be able to go get them at the retailer, which is kind huh. of upsetting. It would be really nice, and I think that's the next big step for Night Models is to basically produce uh, a two a friendly two player starter set that mm-hmm. comes in at like that seventy five dollars mark. Here you get a rule book, you get a maybe you get a rule book, and you get a, a two of the new resin starter boxes in there and a little bit of terrain and, and go in or maybe you just get the quick play rules and uh, some some basic terrain and chits and whatever that you need to, to get your first game or two on the table because there are 
you know, on top of the modern terrain, you need lampposts, you need sewer markers, you need objective markers, you need all these other things before you can mm-hmm. really play the game the way it's intended. You need you need a bag to put your you know your draw <laughs> tokens in, so you know who's going to take the lead each turn. You need to have a set of tokens that are all pretty much the same. And yeah, you can. You, there are definitely ways you could reduce the cost for all of these things using items you probably already own. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely definitely things that. If you're not aware of it, you're like, okay, I just bought some models. I got the cards and rules for those models in the cards. I downloaded the rule books off the off the internet. You play your first couple of beat 'em up games, and then you're like, okay, well, I want to add in the, I want to add in more. I want to add in the objectives. I want to add in uh, equipment. I want to add in all of these other things. Trying to track that can be a challenge. Uh, the counters on the cards can be a challenge. There's a lot of things that could be a challenge. So there's, uh, like I said, I did write that article up to try to help yeah. with that. And, you know, maybe at some point we'll sit down and we'll do a show more about uh, if, you know, if that if there's interest in doing about how to get into this game more and how to, how to try to keep your costs down from a new player perspective. What do you have to be aware of? What are the things you have to be, have to have in order to be able to play the game? Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, I don't know. I think uh, that's probably all we got. I think so. So <laughs> let's go ahead and wrap this thing up, and I'm going to uh, – Brian and I are going to go play some Batman, yep, and yep. then uh, we'll uh, hopefully get together sometime before a year from now to record another episode. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> so that being said, let's uh, go ahead and wrap this thing up. Right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you have any questions or comment, hit us up on our Facebook, Twitter, email, website, all that kind of good jazz. It's all still there. And, yeah, it's all <laughs> still there. Wiscodice.com. Wiscodice.com. All right. Peace out, folks. Later. Bye-bye. 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 B